Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Own the Microphone. Join me, Bridget McGowan, an award-winning international professional speaker and owner of the independent publishing company, BMAC Talks Press. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Own the Microphone. I am Bridget McGowan, your host, and I am joined by Bonita Owens. Bonita, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here, Bridget. Now, I have to tell you about a little flub I almost made. So I live in the Phoenix area, and there's this local, she's not really a celebrity. I don't know what you would call her, but her name is Bonita. And uh, yes, and you're the second Bonita I've ever met. And so I almost said, I am joined by Bonita Jenkins. <laughs> <laughs> does she spell it like I do? That's, yes, that's she does. Really? Okay. I don't meet many people who spells it the same way, but yeah. Yeah, she, I think there was some kind of a, my husband actually knew her when we, we just kind of met at a local mall or something like that many years ago. Our children were playing in the indoor mall playground and you know, just struck up a conversation. My husband had gone off to the food court or something. So he comes back and he's like, oh man, that's Benita Jenkins. It, well, Benita Scales is what she uses on stage. Oh, and I'm like, how do you know her? So apparently there was some kind of singing with the stars competition or something, or Phoenix has talent or something. And he knew her from that. I just, I'm oh, okay. so clueless. <laughs> <laughs> so we have Bonita Owens on the show. Bonita, welcome to the show. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and Bonita Jenkins is amazing. I'm sure both of you are equally amazing, but I love Bonita. So <laughs> Bonita Owens, now, did you always know you would be a professional speaker? How, how did you get into this industry? No, I did not know, always know that. Did not even actually think of being a professional speaker. However, I discovered that I was meant to speak. And so I went on this self-discovery journey. I have a healthcare background and um, woke up one day thinking like, I left my creativity somewhere through two kids traveling to different cities with my um, active duty military husband. And I'm like, wait, I, I gave all my creativity away. Where'd it go? And I just went on this self-discovery journey. Like, who am I? What do I want to do when I grow up? And although I love what I did in healthcare, I always felt like there was something more for me to do. So I had a true light bulb moment, like Oprah um, talks about. And I was in this, um, and I tried different businesses. Like I was doing different things, trying to find like, what's the thing? And I was in this business conference and it was a huge um, conference room. And I remember I, the lights were low and someone's on the stage, lights 
uh, on, you know, right on the stage. And I was just in the zone of that moment. And I had been to conferences before. It was nothing about in particular about the conference, but I was at a moment just searching, like, what do I want to do? What am I supposed to be doing? And I remember just being in the zone of the moment. I don't know who that person was. I can't even tell you what they said because that's not why I was in the zone. I remember asking myself this question that just opened up the trajectory of my life. And I asked myself, why do I love this so much? Because I might as well have been the only person in the room. Like that's how much in the zone I was. And at that moment, when I asked myself that question, like my life, when they talk about your life, of course I wasn't dying, but my life flashing before my eyes, I started getting these memories about when I was young, when I was little and loved being in theater. And as I grew, I would speak in public and do different things in high school and college and in church. And I like would always, I'd stand up and get a microphone. I didn't think it was a big deal. And so um, I thought, well, can everybody stand in front of a room with a microphone? <laughs> and I did not realize that no, everyone. And of course, at the time, I didn't know that, you know, um, speaking was ahead of death with people's top fears, right? So mm -hmm. I didn't know that. So I never saw myself um, as a professional speaker and loved like loved Les Brown and loved other people that I would watch. Um, and I never saw myself in that way. And I thought they had something that I didn't. I think I just thought, man, I could never do that. Even though that it was something I've always done. And uh, so at that moment, I was like, oh, that's why I'm in, that's why I'm drawn to this. Because that person is a reflection of me. I'm supposed to be on stage, encouraging and motivating, inspiring people. And that's, how I started my journey of um, professional speaking. That is an incredible story, first and foremost. What do you typically speak on? I am really into um, mainly personal development. Um, so I started my journey doing women's empowerment. I started speaking to women that I realized was much like me, like had given, you know, had focused on everyone else and left themselves on the back burner or the last on the list. So with women, I like to, I talk about, um, I've, I've written a book. So one of the chapters in my book is called The Power of No. So I talk to women about no, saying no, creating boundaries, um, mindset, uh, self-care. Um, I'm really passionate about supporting women in uh, doing, like not putting themselves first, taking care of themselves, asking for what they want and really stepping into the fullness of, of who they are. Um, and in terms of leadership, I talk about um, effective communication. Self-awareness is the foundation of everything I do, whether I'm talking to women or um, I'm working with leaders, because I really believe, I know in my own life, self-awareness really opened up. When my self-awareness started to increase and things started opening up, for me, it just really empowered me and 
open the door to all the things that I, I wanted to do and wanted to improve upon. And it helped me to understand other people better. So one of the things I say is you can't change what you don't acknowledge. And um, our self-awareness is a real foundational piece of, of what I do. So my focus is definitely on personal development and, um, and uh, self-leadership and boundaries for women. Onita Owens is a certified coach, inspirational speaker, leadership facilitator, and owner of AWN Leadership Consulting, which is a personal and professional development company that provides strategies to support companies in building stronger leaders and healthy work environments. She has worked with cor- she has worked with corporations such as Toyota Motor Corporation and Continental Automotive, as well as CPS Energy, to support employees with leadership development, self care and effective communication. She's also worked with executives and leaders from companies such as Google, IBM, and Facebook. Bonita is passionate about helping leaders to increase their influence through trust, authenticity, and empathy. She is a dare-to-lead trained professional and is committed to incorporating Brene Brown's philosophy of vulnerability to build a safe work environment. Bonita is an Amazon best-selling author of the book, Who Stole My Significance?, in which she shares her path to self-love, confidence and the courage to live out loud and she charges the reader to do the same now tell me this how did you find that courage to live out loud bonita i'm still finding it because it's always it's a journey right um but i it 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 it, it really went um it was hmm nobody's ever asked me that so let me start let me let me step back <laughs> um, <laughs> you know I discovered during my journey of like what I want to be doing that part of the journey is that as I grow and as I discover that in order to support other people and other women in particular with their transformation is for me to do the same. It's for me to share as I discover, as I make my, um, learn my lessons, as I make my mistakes, um, my successes, as well as my failures, that when I do that, I, Lisa Nichols says that, you know, we give other people permission to do the same. And so I really saw myself in that way as that's part of my journey and purpose is not to keep everything in. Like, I like really, if I had my uh, choice, Bridget, I'd be like, I'd go behind the counter, behind the curtain, get myself all together and be like, ta-da, I'm here and I'm ready. <laughs> but it doesn't work that way. I wish it did, but it doesn't. And so I realized that um, from my own personal development and to really make the difference and impact that I want to make, living out loud was a part of the journey that I chose to embrace. And so it's taken, it's had its levels and, you know, um, I'm getting more and more confident of showing, you know, that vulnerable side and like, Hey, things aren't perfect over here. Don't, don't believe what you see on Instagram and Facebook, (laughs) right? Like we're all going through our own stuff. And, um, and that, you know, if I can do it, 
I want other women to know that they can do it too. What's one thing that someone can do today to live out loud? One change they can make, one practice they can put in place, anything that the, that the average person could could do? To live out loud? I would say, you know, really on a, a, a small, simple scale is when you're your personal relationships, don't be afraid to let people know that, you know, it's not all gravy, right? I think a lot of times, a lot of women and, and people that I've been in relationships with, when things aren't going well, they tend to disappear, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, you don't answer the phone, you don't answer the text anymore because things aren't going well. And when you just surface when things are going well in your life, that's not living out loud, right? So one thing people can practically do is practice. Now, granted, am I saying tell everybody your business? No, I'm not saying that. But people you have relationships with, you have a connection with, not being afraid to say, you know what? I am going through a moment. I'm going through a season, a dark time, whatever it is, even if you don't want to go into the nitty gritty, but practicing that vulnerability and saying, I'm going through something. And the other thing that I find that a lot of women, especially high achieving women go through, they don't ask for help. And that's part of living out loud as well. It's like, if you're the person that people always go to, it can be difficult to be in the vulnerable situation, right? Where you're now needing to be the person to go to someone. And it's very important. It's very important to give people the opportunity to be there for you, um, for them, and definitely for you to live out loud is to be vulnerable and practice slowly, but surely opening yourself up to people. Mm. Tell me about one of your favorite presentations you've ever delivered or training that was just at the top of your list. And if you had to do it over and over again, you would because you love it that much. You know, um, one of the things, one of, that's so interesting. Um, well, hmm, I have a couple. So I'm going to talk about uh, the, when I first started um, doing trainings on a regular basis, I did a subcontract where I was going to New York City, living my best life. This was before COVID. COVID just, just, just ruined it for everybody. Well, not everybody. Some people really did great things in COVID. <laughs> But me, I hope I'm speaking myself. Um, and I was, it was such a great um, opportunity because it was a huge, huge organization. And they were looking to really do some culture, um, incite some culture change. Um, and everybody in the organization got training from the mailroom to the CEO. And they did, they decided to make it a heterogeneous um, training session. So uh, we would do two sessions a day and they didn't put like all of the C-suite in a room and all of the, you know, um, mid managers or entry levels. No, like they decided to mix it up. And so that everyone can learn together. And what I loved about that training was that it was mixed up. Like people did different things from different um, sides of the company and organizations within the company. 
But we talked about vulnerability. We talked about effective communication and that's all my jam. Um, and it was interactive. So it was, a, you know, a learning and a doing. Um, they We got them all in small groups and they were able to communicate um, and ask questions. So it was really a great, great training. Um, and it's near and dear to my heart because I got to go to New York City like once or twice a month. So I was, it was great. Um, but yeah, I loved, I love interacting. I think um, whatever I do, if I don't care if it's a speaking engagement or training, I'm all about um, being interactive and and leaving space for people to talk back to me and interact with the content and with each other. You said that vulnerability and effective communication are your jam. What is one thing that people get wrong about effective communication? And I'm going to listen very closely because you also brought up New York City. My husband's son and I were in New York City in early November of 2023. About a month after that, I said to my son, you're out for Christmas for a few weeks. What do you want to do? Go to New York? <laughs> we were just there. We are not <laughs> returning. But I don't feel that my messaging to him was effective. What do people get wrong about effective <laughs> communication and how do they fix it? Asking for a friend. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love that because I think one of the main things that people get wrong is that effective communication really means saying more, saying it more often, talking louder. Really and truly, I believe the secret to effective communication is not talking much, but listening. And a lot of times when I'm working with leaders, especially, they're given a directive and the, their, their direct report doesn't do it or doesn't execute on it. And so they think, well, I just need to talk more. They must not understand me. I need to say more. I need to talk louder, you know? You know, and so it's like, no, <laughs> I remember it reminds me when we were in Germany and the, the the people that couldn't speak English, we just speak English louder to think in our minds, thinking that they would understand us. <laughs> so, and so I think that's the main thing people get wrong is that truly effective communication is really more about listening and less about speaking. And so in your respect though, you made a cardinal, cardinal <laughs> sin when it comes to your child. Cause I always say, never ask a question where there's a wrong answer, okay? <laughs> and so if you ask a child, where, do, what do you want? Where do you want to go? That means anything they say is <laughs> fair game. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Spot on there. I was speaking to a group in early December of 2023. And one of the points that came up was how to ask great questions, especially in sales 
situations. And I told them, I'm going to give you some advice that you hear from the legal field. And it's never ask a question to which you don't already know the answer. But we're tweaking that a little bit. And I'm going to tell you, never ask a question to which you don't already know the answer and that it's not going to be the answer that you want. Exactly. Always <laughs> ask the question in the way you're going to get the answer that you want. Exactly. Taking a page out of my playbook. I <laughs> defenses, and you know how it is, Bonita. You have two teenagers of your own. All defenses are down. And it, it is. is, you know. <laughs> I know. We always think it's going to be different with our kids. No. I know, they're, right? They're the same as other people we deal with. They're, they're the same. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. So tell me, if um, if there was one thing about your presentations that people consistently say, audience members consistently say this when they're a part of your presentations, what would you, what is it? What do organizers say about your presentations or what do spectators or, well, maybe not spectators because they're participants, right. participants have to say about your engagements when they see you on the stage? Um, my energy and that I'm engaging with the audience. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so excited when, again, when you're doing something you love, you know, I'm excited to anytime I get to, to share. And um, so I, yeah, I, I, I don't do boring. I don't like boring. I okay. Do, I'm energetic when I'm speaking <laughs> and um, just passionate, you know, too, about what I'm talking about. It's another rule yeah. I have. I don't talk about anything I'm not connected to, or don't know or understand. And so, you know, um, if I'm talking about it, I'm connected to it. I have experience with it. I believe in it wholeheartedly. And that naturally, you know, allows me to be an engaging um, in, in uh, high energy when I'm speaking. You will have the opportunity to ask me a question in a second. I know you have a question for me. I want to know, what do you do to keep your presentation chops sharp, if you will. How do you stay on top of your speaker game? Whether it is style, whether it is knowledge, whether it is just the way you perform, how do you keep growing and getting better and better with each presentation? Um, I, I've always, you know, analyze, self-analyze, like, you know, what could I have done better? What can I have done differently? Um, Practice is, you know, crucial. Practice, yes. practice, practice. <laughs> and I have gotten to the place too where, you know, I am really, because, you know, I think there's a time where when you're just starting out, when you are watching other speakers, you're just kind of, you're, you know, good speakers or speakers that you really like, you're, you're into the moment of what they're saying or what they're doing. You're just into it, just like all the other participants. And then there comes a time where you start to experience it, but rise above and analyze what's going on at the same time. So I'm able to do that now where I'm like, oh, okay, I see where he did that. I see where she did that there, right? And it's just being able to just pick out some of the elements of what other speakers that, you know, I really admire um, doing and, and learning from them and how I can incorporate that into my own craft. 
Yeah. And I'm, I'm a, and I'm a big reader and I, I read and I listen, but you know, observation is, is, is really powerful. I like that observation piece and that analysis piece, because even if you don't record yourself speaking, you can just do a mental review after the fact. And, and, and you know, if you have a misstep or if you flubbed something or if something didn't go quite the way you wanted it to go, you don't necessarily articulate that and give voice to it, to the audience. No one knows. Right. But afterwards, you're like, oh, I should have phrased that a little bit differently, or I should have taken a little bit more time to let that thought linger in the air or what have you. Mm-hmm. And that that analysis, just that alone is is golden. Yes. What's and I do best- need oh, to get to, I was going to say, but recording, I mean, you hear all great speakers, they record yourself and I have, and it's just watching myself is the big issue. I don't like I, to watch myself. I know, right? Well, you know, once upon a time, it was, we couldn't stand the sound of our voice. Yeah. But now I'm right there with you. I cannot stand to watch myself on a recording. It's hard enough just looking at the pictures, the stills, but I'll use them because people need to see you in action. It's yeah. not enough for you to write about how fabulous you, fabulous you are, but you have to have those action shots. You have yeah. to have those videos, but oh, I yes. cringe, I cringe. I and especially I'm like, oh, why did I wear that? That didn't, oh, that didn't, oh, I didn't know I was going to look like that on the video. Okay, I can't wear that again when I'm speaking. <laughs> That's well, another like- level. I met an image consultant that dresses speakers and I had never, I think she was the only one in the state. I'm like, oh yeah, I need yeah. that. That's that's my goal for 2024. I need somebody to be like, no, nah, like, my might look good in the mirror, but trust me, that's not going to look good <laughs> on the video. <laughs> I'm telling you, it, it is so interesting to understand your body shape and then the cut of clothing that works best for it. Yes. And 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 so, and I kind of got into this a little bit earlier in the first half of 2023, when my sister-in-law told me, Bridget, I need you to help me find some things for uh, her older daughter, my niece, right? Because uh, she's, 18 yeah she's 18 now and so she doesn't want to dress like a teenager but she doesn't want to dress like a quote-unquote old person right so it's trying to find that that happy medium and so the first thing that I decided to do was I said you know what I am going to go online and try to identify what cut of blouse or what style of jeans work well for her body type Mm -hmm. and I got an education for myself Mm-hmm. in the process and learning that, you know, for me, I don't need to wear dresses or skirts to have those ruffles or that accentuate anything around the leg. The mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Oh, I, I just don't. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> because my, this is probably TMI, but whatever, most people who know me and have seen me, they know that I have big calves. And so I don't need any more attention drawn to them. They kind of just right. stand out on their own already. Right. Right. So there's right. no need to draw attention to that. So yes. anyway, it's a lot of fun. 
And it's so liberating and so empowering to know, ah, because of my body type, I don't need to get that kind of suit. This is the kind that I need to get. And so because of that homework for my niece, now I know exactly the cut of skirt, exactly the cut of suit to get. Now, I haven't talked to an image consultant. This image <laughs> consultant you found for, for speakers might tell me a whole nother story. So I better slow my roll. <laughs> so, Benita, what's your question for me? What are some of the greatest uh, lessons that you have learned as a speaker? Greatest lessons. One, slow down. And I'm still working on that. Slow down the rate of speech. Slow down moving from one idea to the next. Sometimes just let, let it sizzle, let it sit for a minute. Mm -hmm. Slow down and take the questions. Slow down because sometimes audience members have insights Mm -hmm. and input that is far more valuable than anything I've got in my slide deck. Mm -hmm. Slowing down is probably the number one lesson. Mm -hmm. The second one is getting away from the script is okay and letting the audience know you're human and that you're not perfect. Mm -hmm. That's probably my second lesson. Slow down, be human. <laughs> love, it. love it, love it, love it, love it. Yes. Yeah. I think um, I really, I resonated with both, but I definitely knew I resonated with the first one, especially because I'm at a point where I'm learning that less is more. Like I'm one of those, I love to teach. And I'm like, I wanna give you all the information and I want you to see how smart I am. <laughs> <laughs> how I'm worthy to be standing in front of you. <laughs> well, I, I have so much I want to cover. And although I know not covering everything puts me in a position to be able to have another engagement. Yes. That doesn't always happen either. So no. I don't want to run that risk. Exactly. And so I want to make sure you are armed and equipped with everything Bridget has yes. in the toolbox. Yes, yes, <laughs> all of that. I, I want you to know, I, I want you to get the information and I want you to know that I know it as well. Like, you know, so, but yeah, I, and I'm, you know, because I love information. I love to share information, but I realize that less is so much more and that, you know, um, you don't have to give it all. And even if you gave it all, they're not going to remember it all and they can't do it all. Right. So it was like <laughs> a couple of deep, powerful points, right. Are far better than, you know, five, 10 good ones. Like, it's like, you know, you only like, what if you could just go less, but deeper. Right. And so yeah. that's why I'm, I'm really leaning into, um, is less is more, Yes. And that giving people enough to chew on and to to just absorb. And, you know, I don't have anything to prove. Uh, I'm there because they invited me. So they already know I've got something to give. Right. And just, yeah, less is more. So I'm, I'm really learning and leaning into that more and more. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Bonita, what is one last piece of advice or one last message you would have for our listeners for how to own the microphone? 
Well, I'm going to kind of kind of expound on on what I shared. Um, don't know that you're there, and because you're worthy to be there, the inner game is so so very important. Is knowing that you're worthy to have that microphone, you're worthy to be at that top of you know the front of that room, and that get yourself, the more you can get your focus off of you and more on your audience and serving your audience, the better you will be. I think a lot of us get so nervous and nervousness is not, is, is, is normal. But when you, when you get to the point where you're just in your own way, it's because you're so focused on yourself. Am I look right? Did I say it right? But no, you could just focus on giving value to the people that are there to hear you, most of that stuff goes away and you will just be blown away with how effective you can really be with your audience. Love it, love it, love it. Bonita Owens, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. This was great. This was fun. I, I want to come back at some point. I hope you'll have me back again <laughs> later, later on. <laughs> absolutely. absolutely absolutely i'm gonna start charging people i'm teasing <laughs> oh my goodness well thank you Bonita. thank you to my listeners it's always always an honor and a privilege to pour into you i am bridget mcgowan until next time make sure you always own the microphone